0: So this talk about wineskins and pouring seems a little confusing at first, but it's really not. But first, before that, um, the scripture passage is about fasting and feasting. And I think this is very important because of where we are at today. You know, a Jewish wedding wasn't just an afternoon on a Saturday like we have here. And most of the times now, these weddings aren't even in churches today. But then, back then, the Jewish wedding lasted an entire week. And the eating never stopped. It was constant feasting. The Jewish couples, they didn't even take a honeymoon. They didn't. They stayed home with family and friends. It was all about living and celebrating in the community. Now we don't even know our neighbors' names. Uh, We used to grow up where the neighbors would take care. I used to walk in my neighbor's house and sit down and walk into the refrigerator, even if nobody was home. They never even locked their doors. But the the Jewish people, they they dressed in their best. And sometimes they even wore crowns, Uh, the Jewish couple, the newlyweds. Uh, for that week that they had their wedding, the bride and the groom were king and queen. That was just the tradition. And whatever they said, people did. Their word was law. They were like king and queen for that week. And so the wedding time was all about a big feast. There was this celebration of eating. We don't go to weddings and say, I'll have a piece of bread and and a glass of water. We go to weddings and we feast, but there comes a time, Jesus says, where there will be some fasting because that wedding groom will be taken away. Now, when we first find Jesus, this is true, we seem to be like a wedding. When when converts first come to Christianity, they're all excited, they're all giddy. It's like this big honeymoon. And that makes sense, you know. Uh, you're like a newlywed. It's all exciting. But what happens in any wedding? Reality sets in, right, after time. That's just the way it is. Love is not a bunch of feelings and emotions. It's, it's an act of the will that I'm going to love you through good times and bad because you're going to have the bad times. You can't expect it not to happen. It will. So there's a time of joy when you first find Jesus, just this, this excitement. It's like you find somebody, you just start dating brand new. When you first meet somebody, it's, it's all excitement, it's joy, it's feasting. Then sometimes reality sets in, right? there come a time though, because even with Jesus, when we find and meet Jesus, sometimes the reality sets in and we go back into our sinful ways. And all of a sudden, then we mourn because now we've hurt the one we love. It's just like in that relationship. There's sadness when we realize we've hurt each other. It's not perfect like we thought it would be. Jeez, I've said some things or done some things to hurt this person. Now comes mourning, some sadness. So Jesus was with them in this initial time of feasting, but then he left them after the crucifixion and the ascension, and then there was a time of mourning because they didn't understand. So when we first come to Jesus, this is interesting, we first come to Jesus and we are good, then we seem to fall back, as I said, into our sin and we mourn. It's kind of like a time of feasting and fasting. This is what Jesus is talking about. It's kind of like Lent before Easter, a time of mourning and fasting for our sins, but then we celebrate. It's kind of like Advent before Christmas, a time of penitential a little bit, and then we have Christmas and joy, and we celebrate feasting, fasting. Advent even started as a fast. So anyway, fasting is not a bad thing. It's a way to share in Christ's sufferings, but it should not be all gloom. Remember, I've said before, Teresa of Avila said, a sad saint is a bad saint. We don't want this, right? Have joy, knowing that your journey of the cross, the sadness will end in the resurrection, the gladness. You know, I've said this before, too. When I was in wrestling, I hated the fasting to cut weight. I, I, I hated that, and I, in practice, got long and gruesome, um, and it was very difficult, but it was all worth it when you went and then you wrestled and you had a victory and you won. That's the victory of the cross. There's just all that sweat, blood, sweat, and tears for the victory. Why do you think athletes put forth what they do in the Olympics? All for that victory, but there's a greater victory here in Christ. So anyway, trials and suffering, they have a purpose. Um, believe it or not, um, you know, I tried to explain yesterday, and it was clear I offended um, some of you. I tried to explain yesterday that um, I believe that part of the reason my mom is is going through a purification is um, she had some struggling times uh, in her past with an abusive mother, and my mom had not forgiven her. And we 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 can't go to heaven without forgiveness. And so, I felt that some of the purification my mom was going through was so she could forgive. And I I told yesterday the story of how my mom said she forgave her mom, and that's one of the greatest things we could ever have. Well, clearly, if you read the comments from yesterday, it's, it upset someone and, and said, how dare I say that, and that I'm saying God wanted my mom abused and I wanted my mom abused, and this is crazy. Um, if, 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 if that's the point, I, I'm totally not explaining this correctly. Um, because I never said that it was good, my mom was abused, my goodness. I wasn't even talking about that, that was 70 years ago. I was talking about my mom now being purified and forgiving um, and giving that opportunity. It's, it's suffering that's redemptive. It gives us hope it gives us hope. Then another comment uh, said, priests, um, you know, you should not use the pulpit as your personal um, stand and, 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 and saying things, um, you know, that, that, that are just your personal stuff. Well, I personally believe I learned in seminary that the personal experience helps you to understand. And I gave that personal experience so that you could understand that there's hope in the midst of suffering there's hope. And um, obviously, again, I'm not explaining it well enough uh, because uh, you can see the comments out there that, uh, uh, Father, how dear you use this, your pulpit as your personal stand and being able to... No, there was nothing personal there. There was an experience there that I gave because I hoped it would help you see that there is hope in suffering. That was the purpose That's the purpose. I spent, I thought, about 95% of the homily on the scripture of Cana, but obviously the little bit I didn't uh, upset you. So I apologize if you were upset by that. So um, we look at God's meanings. God's ways are not always our ways, Uh, God's ways are ways that we don't see. And I think that that has a lot to do with suffering. Why would we fast? We fast. Who wants to fast? Who wants to be hungry, who wants to be suffering? We do it because we're there with the cross of Christ. We're sharing in the cross of Christ, and that helps to purify us. And so, yes, Christ did all the work on the cross by redeeming us, but we also are to share in that cross. Why do you think the apostles all also were martyred? They shared in the cross. Jesus didn't say, Well, I've done all the work now. Now you don't have to go through it. He said, No, you're going to have to go through the cross. And so this is important, but it gives us hope for the resurrection at the end. So, you know, Jesus is not against fasting. Um, Why? Because fasting is a way that we can deny ourselves things uh, for the sake of discipline. Um, This is powerful. It is to be, this is interesting, it is to be certain that he is the master of he being us, is the master of things and that things don't master us. All right, people always ask me, Father, is it okay to have a cell phone? Is it okay to have an internet? Is it okay to watch TV? Yes, as long as they're not mastering you, as long as they're not controlling you, as long as you keep it all in perspective, you know, controlling desires of the body as well. We all have natural tendencies, but how do we keep them temperate? How do we control them? The spirit to control the flesh. Fasting is what does that. Fasting is the way for the spirit to control the flesh. Very powerful. To make sure that we never grow to love them as much as God, and that we can give them up if needed. You know, one, we could deny ourselves comforts, Um, And that helps in a way to appreciate them even more when we don't have them. You ever travel away from your loved one and you're separated for weeks? It even makes you appreciate them that much more when you come back. And so that'll help appreciate if you have certain food and you fast from it for a while, like 40 days in Lent, how beautiful that is to have that then at the end Um, of a time of, of discipline. So I think it makes a lot of sense. One of the best ways to appreciate God's gift is to do without them for a period. You know, even in the old church, they used to sometimes go a long time without the Eucharist, just so they could appreciate it that much more when they did receive it. But the Pharisees, they went overboard. They, they, they made their faces look all gloomy. They drew attention to themselves. Oh, woe was me? I'm fasting. And they felt that this um, act of piety would draw the attention of God, and that's not how it works. So fasting, we have to keep in perspective, but I want to finish with the confusing part here, which is the cloth and the wine skins. I want to briefly explain this because it seems confusing. But it's really not. Jesus talked about, nobody puts a new cloth on an old cloak. Why? All right, A new cloth had not been shrunk yet. So when the garment would get wet, that new cloth would then get wet in the rain, and when it dried, it would shrink. The problem is when it shrunk, it would pull the rest of the garment in with it and tear it. You know, it's interesting, because being much stronger than the old garment, it would tear that old cloth. And likewise, Jesus mentions wineskins. Now, as a kid in high school, I was like, what the heck does this mean? It's actually pretty simple. New wine cannot be put in these old, inelastic skins, meaning they're not flexible, inelastic, uh, because the wine was still fermenting, so it was new wine. When wine ferments, it expands, So if you put it in a wine skin that has no room to stretch because it's old and inelastic, when you put that new wine into it and it ferments and expands, it's going to split it. All right? It will expand. The new skins, however, were elastic. They had some stretch to them. So it was when they grew old that they became hardened and unyielding, so to speak. Now, this is important because what's the lesson? your minds. Your minds have to be elastic, stretchable to receive and contain new ideas, especially when it comes to the faith. Like a child, do you ever see how a child absorbs everything? The child absorbs it in their mind. So basically the religious outlook of Jesus was so startling that nobody could adjust to it. Jesus was teaching things that their minds weren't elastic. They weren't willing to stretch to absorb it. They were set, old, uh, uh, stuck in their ways. And Jesus is saying, you're in trouble here. It's kind of like religious life. That's the reason why the religious communities don't like to take older people. I was one that snuck in because I was in later vocation. But religious communities don't like to always take older because they think that their minds are inelastic. They're set in their ways. They're not willing to open to expand to new ideas. You have habits already formed. Praise be to God that the marrying fathers allowed me to come even though I was an older later vocation. And so this is the message that I think we have here. Now, just so there is a time for fasting or feasting as I said there is a time for fasting and so this is a time for the old and a time for the new old skins new wine skins feasting fasting and so it's the same way with covenants and so I know a lot of people talk about traditionalists versus modernists Vatican II pre-Vatican II post-Vatican II Pope Benedict said we need the hermeneutic of continuity the combination of the old and the new. Jesus says, listen to this, Matthew 13, 52. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. So in other words, everything pre-Vatican II is not bad. Everything before Vatican II is not good, it's not bad, it's together. And the same thing with post-Vatican, II. It's together. All right, we would be impoverished if we only had the Old Testament, not the New Testament. And if we only had the New Testament without the old to precursor it, we would be lacking. And if we only had the old and not the new to fulfill it, we would be incomplete. You see, that's the important. He wants, Jesus wants our minds and our hearts to be like new wineskins which can hold new and old wine. Just like your minds need to be open to hold new ideas of the church as well as old. Not heretical. Not heretical. Just the way that we do things. For instance, online streaming of the Mass. When we first started, we had a lot of people say, this totally goes against church teaching. But when corona hit, and people couldn't get to mass, all of a sudden their minds were opened to receive the new idea that this is one way to get the word of God to the masses. So I do finish now with a quote from J.A. Finley, and it's very interesting. He said, quote, when you reach a conclusion, you're dead. What is meant, what he meant, I should say, was that when our minds become fixed and settled in their ways, when they are unable to accept truth, even in a new way, and to contemplate new ways of that same old truth, we may be physically alive, but mentally dead. So that's the message of today. We're not saying accept a new truth. There is no such thing as a new truth. Truth is truth. The thing is, the church is saying, sometimes we accept the truth in new ways. New ways to evangelize, new ways to spread the gospel. We have an app now on our cell phone. When that first came out, people would see me at the airport with my phone and get very offended that a priest had a cell phone. I was actually using those apps to do my divine office prayers. And so that is a new way to bring the same old truth. God bless you. I hope this makes sense because it really is very unique but very simple.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit